0: You're listening to the podcast from Kings Cross Church in Charleston, South Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about us, visit kingscross.org. Well, good morning. It's good to be with you this morning. My name is Josh. I'm one of the pastors here. This is the week, this is week number six of a seven week series that we are having. conversations about family so far we have looked at mom's marriage singleness we've looked at the church last week we looked at work every topic and series every topic and sermon that we've listened to has in my opinion been so incredibly good what we're talking about in this series is crucial to the health of our society and the advancement of the gospel the family is the building block of society. However, as many of you know, there are massive efforts within our culture, within our government, social media, and education to redefine the definition of the family. I'm getting some feedback. Is this good? Should I keep going? Brian, okay, I can get the handheld if necessary. Um, And even within the traditional definition of the family, and this is where it breaks my heart, where there's a husband, there's a wife, and if you don't know the stats, it's 1. an average of 1.9 kids, and uh, every family has an average of 0.6 dogs. So I guess it's a net gain of 2.5. The family is breaking down. However, it's really clear, and listen to this. this It's just mind-blowing to me. It's really clear that when you apply God's Word uh, to define the family, and you apply God's word to the family, healing takes place, and the kingdom advances within our culture and throughout the world. For instance, listen to this. The overall divorce rate is 33%. So what that means is one in every three marriages end in divorce. They don't make it. However, studies show that for couples who pray together every day, the divorce rate is less than 1%. I mean, that's a sermon within itself. I mean, we could we could go home now. <laughs> I mean, that's all. For those couples that pray every day, your marriage has over a 99% chance of making it to the end. So these conversations that we're talking about are incredibly important for the church and beyond. So when Chip asked me, he kind of laid out all the titles in front of me, and he said hey, these are the topics we're going to do for our sermon series at seven weeks, conversations about the family, which one do you want? And I looked at him and I said, you know, give me the one on children because I fail at parenting so much that maybe through some research I can figure out how to be a better parent. And uh, he said, well, that's fine, but that's not actually what I had in mind. What I had in mind is that you would talk about the role of the child in the family. And I thought for a minute and I said, ah, that's pretty good. So this morning, we're going to look at the role of the child within the family. Specifically, we're going to explore God's command that children should obey and honor their parents. So Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, that's our text this morning. I think it's going to be on the screen. So this is what Paul writes. He writes, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So with that, a stated objective that we're going to talk to children about the importance of obeying and honoring their parents. And then after reading that text, I think we've automatically created probably three groups within this room. Uh, Group number one is kids who just started making plans to take a long trip to the restroom. Uh, Eventually, though, that escape won't be an option because Jacob's told me that he's uh, looking into putting speakers in each one of the restrooms. And so there'll be no safe place in the church. Uh, but that's one group that we've created. Another group that we've created is some parents in here whose kids are in KCK are actually thinking about going across the building and uh, Checking their kids out of KCK and just tell them how much they miss them and they would love for them to join them in the service uh, And then there's another group of people maybe some of us in here that says, you know I don't know if this applies to me. I think I'll just settle in for a long nap uh, But what we're talking about this this morning applies to everyone. So I did a little research, I looked in Oxford Dictionary, and Oxford Dictionary gives three different categories uh, for people who qualify to be a child, and this is the three different definitions Oxford gives. The first one is a young human being below the age of puberty. That's a child, a young human being below the age of purity. And I know this is the case with Apple, because just last week I was trying to set up some parental controls on my child's phone who just turned 13 and Apple informed me that since my child is now an adult I have no parental rights over my kids when it comes to their devices all right so Apple just looked at Oxford definition and said number one that's us 13 uh, but according to Oxford a child is also anyone below the age the legal age of majority which is the age when a person reaches uh, adulthood according to the state. Now every state of all our 50 states, 49 of them has the legal age of majority at 18 so that's when most states say that you become adult. Alabama is the only one that says 19. I guess they had some bad experiences with 18 year olds and they said they need an extra year. Uh, but that's another definition of a child when you reach 18 or 19 depending on where you live. But then also Oxford says that a child can also be a son, of, son or daughter of any age. So everyone is a child uh, because everyone is the child of someone else. It may look different for you, but everyone at some point in some way or another had a mom or dad, and therefore everyone is a child of a parent. Therefore, this text, Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, applies to everyone. So let's read it one more time. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, this is the first commandment with the promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long, live long in the land. So Paul is quoting the fifth commandment of the Ten Commandments, the one that speaks about obeying your father and mother. So Exodus 20, 12 says this in God's list of the Ten Commandments given to Moses. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. So for those of you that are familiar with the Old Testament and particularly with the Ten Commandments, you probably recognize that the Ten Commandments had basically two different purposes. The first is to give the nation of Israel a set of guidelines that they could follow so that they would be prosperous and successful. The second reason for the Ten Commandments, and we find this out, or at least I find this out in the case of my own life, and Paul talks about this in Galatians, is to give God's standard of perfection and show that we fall short in at least 10 different categories of his standard, and therefore everyone is in desperate need of a Savior. So Paul talks about the law being a tutor that leads us to Christ because it exposes our sin. And he says, of all these Ten Commandments, Paul writes in Ephesians 6, that the fifth one, children obey your father and mother, is the first one with a promise, and it's actually, if you read the Ten Commandments, it's actually the only one with a direct promise. And so the question is, why? Why does this one have a direct promise, but the rest of them don't? John Piper, former pastor in Bethlehem, Minneapolis, uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, says this: that the promise is there. He believes because children might need a little extra motivation. It's like, okay, that could be the case. But maybe, as I've thought about it, that the promise is there for the fifth commandment, that at times maybe this particular commandment seems like, maybe feels like, especially in particular moments, that this one seems seems the least important of all the commandments. I mean, the first four commandments are about our relationship with God. They speak directly to our relationship with the Lord. Have no other gods. Honor the Sabbath. Don't take God's name in vain. And then the last five of the commandments addresses clearly serious sins like murder and adultery and stealing and lying in an envious heart. So it's real clear that this is some pretty major stuff. And so maybe to say a promise for those is not as necessary as to say a promise for the fifth commandment, which is telling me that it's very important that I clean the dishes and take out the trash and feed the dog and do my homework and be home before midnight or whatever else mom or dad is telling me to do. So maybe it is very strategic and very practical that this particular promise, I mean, this particular commandment has a promise. I really believe uh, that every commandment could have had this promise tacked onto it. For the nation of Israel, This particular promise was that they would live long in the promised land, but it didn't necessarily mean that every obedient kid would necessarily live a long time. This is just a general promise given to the nation of Israel. It was saying if they were a God-fearing and people-loving people, that they would live a long time in the promised land that God was giving them. I imagine that this promise could be on each one of the other Ten Commandments. Like it could have said, have no other gods before you that your days may be long in the land. Or do not use God's name in vain that your days may be long. Or remember the Sabbath and keep it holy that your days may be long. Or do not murder that your days may be long. Maybe God just stated the promise after the fifth one because it needed it the most. But the implication here then and still today, is that God rewards those who trust him and that the reward is life. That's why Christ is a fulfillment of the law, because God rewards those who trust in him who took our place and fulfilled the law and that we could have the promise of eternal life that starts now in the fulfilling life and results for all eternity. So back to just the first two verses in the text. Children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother. So here we have the command to honor. It's really divided into two different commands, and there's two right here. Children, obey your parents, and children, honor your parents. So the question is, as we look at this text, is there a difference between honor and obey? And I think there is, and this is how I see it. I believe that honor is the big umbrella spanning over a lifetime. I believe that all of us are called to honor our parents. And obeying is a direct command which to children that are under the authority of their parents that this command may last for 20 years or so. So if you like to fill in the blanks and you got your bulletins, I think we ran out. So if you have a bulletin, if you're one of the lucky ones that got one, uh, this is where we're going to start uh, filling in some blanks. If you didn't get a bulletin, you can also go to kingscross.org and you can click on digital bulletin and you can fill in the blanks there as well. And I also have this really cool button that you can click and it fills in the blanks for you. So you can do that as well. Um, So here's what goes in the first two blanks. All children should obey their parents for a period of time. So all children should obey their parents for a period of time. And then number two is all children should honor their parents for a lifetime. So let's look at number one first. All children should obey, obey their parents for a period of time. So as long as you are dependent on your parents, and I think of dependency when it comes to food or shelter or finances, then you should obey them. For some, this might be ages 0 to 18. Uh, For others, it might be until your early 20s. For me, it was until I was 22 years old. I had graduated from college because I depended on my parents to get through college. And I had gotten my first job, and so for me, I feel like that's when I was no longer under the authority of my parents, and I transitioned from obeying to now honoring. It may be different for different families. It may be different depending on uh, what stage the child is in and the dependency. But that's how it was for me. And I realize for some of you, uh, obeying your parents may be very easy to do. So. Many of you have parents uh, like my kids do. So speaking directly to the kids, you probably have parents like my kids who are super cool and laid back and easygoing and they don't too, put too much on you. I can say that about my parenting style because my kids aren't in here this morning to testify against me. Uh, but for some of you, that may be the case. Uh, Seriously, some of you may be here this morning because you're growing up in the kind of environment that I actually grew up with myself personally when I was a kid. Um, You have parents who love you and show it in their parenting. And so they are gracious and merciful, compassionate, patient, and reasonable. They are not overbearing. They show up to your sports and activities. They listen and give good advice. They set boundaries and explain why they are good. You respect them, you trust them, you love them, you even like them, which is kind of rare sometimes, right? But that's the kind of environment I grew up in as a child to my parents, and for you adults in the room, maybe some of y'all can identify with that and say, I'm so thankful that that's the kind of environment that I grew up in. And for you kids that are in that environment now, don't take that for granted, uh, because many, many people don't have that kind of atmosphere that they're raised in. Uh, Having those kind of parents, as you know, that are adults that did have those kind of parents and you kids that have those parents now, uh, that doesn't mean that you're going to obey 100% of the time, but it sure makes it easier. But for others, obeying your parents may be very hard to do. Your parents may be good people, but they have lots of rules and you don't understand why and wonder why they can't trust you. I think my kids probably would say that about me. Uh, or some of you are believers, and so speaking to the kids that are in the house under the authority of their parents, some of you kids are believers, and maybe you're here even without your parents this morning, and uh, your parents are not believers. What do you do when they are telling you you can't go to church or camp or youth group? So that's a really difficult, hard situation to live in when you're following Jesus and your parents say, don't. Or this doesn't apply to much here, but I actually saw this in Thailand when I spent the summer one summer in Thailand where we were talking to people about becoming, a Christ, becoming Christians. And I remember talking to some guys, some, there were students at this university, and they said, no, 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 I can't become a Christian because my parents will disown me when I go home. And so we don't see that much in South Carolina or generally in the United States, but that's a really hard situation to grow up in. This hits a little closer to home for, I guess, even in my family, and maybe you've experienced this too, what can really make it complicated and confusing sometimes, and even in the easiest of best situations, kind of make it difficult as a kid. What do you do when your parents are not on the same page? On big stuff and little stuff, and y'all have recognized this before probably with your parents. Who do you obey? Who do you ignore? Or is even ignoring even an option? So your obeying your parents can sometimes be easy. And sometimes it can be hard. Sometimes it can even feel impossible. So number one in the bulletin that all children should obey their parents for a period of time, That as so I scan the room the best I can with the light staring at me, I think that's about maybe 10% of us in this room. But 100% of us in this room, kids still in the house and parents, have this command that we need to adhere to, and that is all children should honor their parents for a lifetime. So for the rest of our lives, we are called to honor our parents. Obedience is reactive by definition, right? My parents are telling me what to do, and therefore I need to do it. Usually as a kid, I never went to my parents and said, could you please give me some more rules? You know, I'm not really proactive as a kid, so usually it's reactive. But honoring your parents is a proactive thing. So that's what generally is more proactive. Again, for me, This was easy. I love my parents and enjoy being around them. They never have done me wrong. My childhood is flooded with good memories, and I want my parents around my wife and my kids as much as possible. If this is you, if you can identify with this, then honoring your parents may consist of phone calls or out-of-town trips or how you speak to them or how you speak about them, how you process advice for them. And it just comes pretty easy and it's just pretty natural. Like I want my dad's advice. I want to, it's easy for me to speak positive to them and about them. Uh, It can be hard sometimes to not take them for granted because they've always been there. And so I got to work at that in my honoring. And the older they get, the type of honor and time and care that I give my parents and that you give your parents will look different than it may now. And I believe, I was talking to a friend of mine even right before the service who just celebrated his mom's going to be with the Lord, but it's incredibly hard. But one of the beautiful things he did at the funeral was he honored his mom at the funeral. And so I believe the honoring continues even after they passed away. It's normal, to try to find some things. Sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's really easy to find things to say to honor someone at a funeral, but it should be even for a lifetime because in God's economy, he's not restrained by the temporary, he's eternal, and so therefore the rest of our lives we should be honoring our parents. So for some of us it may be easy, but for some of us it may be very difficult. If your childhood consisted of one of your parents abusing drugs... Or abusing the other, or even abusing you, or if there was adultery, violence, absence, neglect, or even manipulation, then the idea of showing that parent honor may be inconceivable and therefore impossible. So I get that. I understand that. Some of you may be saying, No way. Like, I've already checked out as soon as you started reading the verse and I knew where you were going, Josh. That's not something I can do. And I understand that. Um, If you say that I have a parent who doesn't deserve my honor and they'll never get it, I understand that. And if you're saying that, no one knows your parents better than you. And um, if you're saying that they don't deserve your honor, then you're probably right. You're probably right, they don't deserve it. But when you look at this text, there are no caveats. There's, There's no disclaimers. There's no exceptions mentioned in the text. Everyone is called to honor their parents. But how you honor your parents is going to look different than how someone else honors their parents. And so this is why I believe that a relationship with God is not filled with a bunch of rules. It's a relationship with God to where you wrestle and you struggle with God and how to personally live out the commands that he's given us in his word. And so this is one of those places. It, it may be that honoring your parents doesn't look like phone calls and trips and taking advice from them. It may be that honoring them is simply asking God to help you to get to a place to where you can actually forgive them. It may be that honoring them is just simply not saying negative things about them. It may be that honoring your parents is not engaging in social media or group text debates with your family. It may be that honoring them is not enabling them in some specific way. It may be that honoring your parents is to simply create some space between you and them. And it may be that honoring them is praying for them, which might seem really simple just to say, okay, I'm going to pray for someone. But for some of us, that may be the hardest thing that you could be asked to do. So whether it's obeying or honoring our parents, we all fall short. So if you sometimes struggle with either, I wanted to end and just spend the rest of this time showing how the aggravating can be a joy and how the impossible can actually be possible. So I'm going to speak directly to children who are in the home under the authority of their parents, but I believe that uh, what I'm going to share from God's Word is incredibly practical to all of us, regardless of what your stage you're in, whether you're still Under the authority of your parents, obeying them, or you're outside the authority of your parents and you're seeking to honor them. So kids, though, this is for you. So in the bulletin, when you think about obeying your parents, I just want to encourage you that you can do this. So you can see in the bulletin, you can do this within a big explanation mark. And this is how you can do it. Ephesians six one three not only tells us what to do, but it shows us how to do it. So there's three things, I believe, in this text. There's three uh, clues that Paul is writing that tells children how they can obey their parents. The first is right here. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. So that next blank is you are in the Lord. You have what it takes to obey your parents if you are in the Lord. Last week, Chip mentioned Ephesians 2:10 which says this, that we were created in Christ Jesus for good works. Think about that phrase. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works. That's actually the tenth place in Ephesians where Paul actually mentions being in Christ. Ephesians is incredibly gospel position in Christ rich. And so Paul is just hammering in that if you trust Christ by faith, you're in Christ. And so here it is again, that we can do good works if we're in Christ. And then you get to Ephesians 6, 1, and he picks it up again. He says, obey your parents in the Lord. So when you think, kids, that obeying your parents is really hard, if you are in Christ, you now have the ability to do good works, including obeying your parents. So if you say, hey, it's a struggle to obey my parents, it's good to think about, have you come to a personal relationship with Jesus? So the first step is to get yourself in Christ. So my question to you is, have you made the most important decision to get in Christ, to trust Christ as your Lord and Savior, to ask him to forgive you from your sins and to come in your heart so you can be a changed person? And so adults in the room, this is where I'm saying that even though I'm talking to the kids, this applies to everyone as we struggle to sometimes honor our parents. The first place is, are we in Christ? Because I got three Ps for you. When you get in Christ, once you get positioned in Christ, then you receive the power of Christ and then you can practically live out obedience to your parents and honoring your parents. And so it was 3 a.m. one morning uh, last week, and I got this epiphany uh, from, I think it was from the Lord, and I'm like, how does this practically play out and how we can uh, be in Christ and obey our parents? And my mind went to Romans 11.36, which is about a pr- as practical as it gets. And so this is what Paul writes. He says, for from him, and he's talking about God, and through him... And To him are all things to him be glory forever. Amen From God and through God and to God are all things but What is part of the all things? I believe it's all things including obeying and honoring your parents So let's break it down real quick. We're still in the in Christ But if you're in Christ now you have the opportunity to live your life as if, as if it's from Him. And so you obey everything your parents, kids, tell you. And I know this is a stretch. But everything your parents tell you, you are to obey as if it's from the Lord. Because this is who God has set up as an authority in your life. This can be incredibly motivating to think the Lord has a specific plan for you and is communicating His will for your life Through your parents. They are the authority that God has placed over you for this time period of 20 or so years to protect you and to guide you. So ultimately what they tell you is from God. That is unless it's not. So there are times, right, and we at least got to say this, that what your parents may be telling you is not from God. There may be some times where your parents tell you to do something that's not from Him. Like, something that is in direct contradiction with God's Word. So how will you know? How will you know whether or not something's in direct contradiction with God's Word? Well, it's a good idea to be reading God's Word, right? And I would just be encourage you, this is one of the reasons, hopefully this will be motivating, maybe to search the Scriptures and see whether or not God says it's actually a sin to do your homework or to clean the dishes. Uh, Look through God's Word and measure what your parents are telling you to do. I think that probably 95% of the time you'll find out that what they are telling you to do is not contradicting God's Word, but every once in a while you might find a nugget. So I would encourage you to study and read God's Word. I'd mentioned camp earlier. Uh, This was kind of tough for me in my life uh, because the question that I want to pose to you is because sometimes this may come out, and this may be the 5% that sometimes your parents may be telling you to do that may not be from the Lord. Uh, like, what if your parents tell you not to go to youth group or not to go to camp? Like, what do you do then? Uh, I think, and this is just what I'll kind of throw out there to you I think you should pray, state your case, ask your parents, pray again. But if the answer is no, then accept that as from the Lord. And this is coming for someone that wants as many kids to come to camp as possible. But the most important thing that we learn to do is to obey and honor our parents. It doesn't mean you can't pray. It doesn't mean you can't ask. It doesn't mean you can't state your case. It doesn't mean you can't pray again. But you need to trust the authority that God has placed in your lives. This happened to me when I was a freshman in college, still under the authority of my parents, and I asked them if I could go on a summer project. It was a nine-week long summer project with campus outreach. We're gonna live at Daytona Beach and suffer for the Lord. I live in Beachside in Daytona, so I said, Mom, Dad, can I go spend nine weeks with 100 college students living on the beach? And uh, my parents were a little nervous about that, and they said, No, uh, we don't think you should do that. In fact, we're concerned that if you go down there away from us for nine weeks, that I don't know, something bad may happen like you may get in a wreck. And I said, Okay. And so that was tough for me to hear because all my friends were going, but I said, Okay. And I stayed home that summer they ended up letting me go the next summer and interestingly enough I ended up hitting a semi truck and had five plastic surgeries and so anyway I guess we just prolonged the wreck but anyway that was a place to where I obeyed and honored my parents and so I would just encourage you to do that and trust God and watch what he does so accept it as from the Lord what they're telling you whatever they're telling you Romans 11:36 said that we do this through him, through Christ. So you must obey God through his strength. And this is what I would just encourage you kids, if you're having trouble obeying your parents and even the adults, honoring your parents, that you have to do it through his strength. You can't do it through your strength. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. John 15.5 says that apart from Jesus, you can do nothing. The only thing you can do in your strength That comes natural is to honor yourself. That's the only thing that comes natural is to make yourself the center. So every day I would just encourage you kids to ask God to give you the strength to obey and honor your parents and then ultimately him. And then the last one is to him. When you obey your parents you must see Christ as the target. When you are obeying mom and dad ultimately you have to see it as obeying Christ because that's really what it is. Ultimately, your allegiance and ultimately your obedience is to God, which end, which actually leads to the end of the verse, to him be the glory. So, kids, did you know, and this is why the fifth commandment is so important, like it almost really like covers all of the commandments, because when you are living in obedience to God, who's the ultimate authority, and he's given the parents as a place, in, uh, as, as a um, as a mediator of authority to you for a certain period of time, that when you are obeying them, you're ultimately worshiping God because that's what obedience is. And all your obedience to your parents, your motivation should be that God gets the glory. So your motivation, when something feels like, oh, that's just stupid what my parents are telling me or I don't want to do it, go ahead and do it anyway and say, I'm going to turn this moment into worship for God so that he gets the glory. All right, back to the bulletin. So you are in the Lord, and then is it is right. And so children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. As I talked about earlier about the family being build, the building block of society, and this is how God has set it up, we need to remind ourselves that obedience is right because the family is right. God has set it up to be this building block of society. And so when the family is strong, the gospel advances, not only through your family, but even outside into those that you impact and come in touch with. So Paul just got through covering marriage in Ephesians 5. In verse 4 of chapter 6, he's actually going to talk about parenting. And so right here, he's talking to the children. So as a kid, you have a great opportunity to benefit your parents' relationship and their parenting simply by obeying them. Your parents should strive to do what's best for you, but you should always strive to do what's best for them. This means that when one parent says no to you spending the night at a friend's house or watching a certain movie or buying a phone, don't dishonor them by going and asking the other parent. How many adults have you done that? One parent will say no, or maybe you just kind of learn which parent to go ask for a particular Subject and I've seen my kids do that as well So they'll talk to me because they feel like I might be more lenient in this area or Chris But if you go to one parent and you get a no don't go to the other parent Uh, And when your parents are not on the same page on a certain issue Which sometimes that is the case when you go to one and then not go to the other I would just encourage you and I know this is so hard but to go the way of least resistance meaning go the way Do the thing that causes the least amount of tension between them to support your parents relationship. Can I get an amen from the parents? Yeah. Like if one parent tells you that you should get $10 for mowing the grass and the other parent, like I may say, says you should do it for free, go and mow for no dough, okay? So go the way of least resistance in your family. Ultimately, you need to know that when it goes well with them, that it will go well with you. So obey your parents. It is right. That's how you can do it is to convince yourself to be motivated by that. And then also the benefits last a lifetime. So whether your parents are Christians or not, they know a whole lot more about life than you do. So if you would like to one day graduate from school, stay out of jail, get a job that you will enjoy, get married to the right person, and one day have a baby who grows up to be a cool kid like you, then listening to and following their advice would be a really good thing. They most likely, parents, I know I do this in my parenting, most likely uh, base their parenting off the things that they did right and the things that they wish that they could do over again. So the decisions you are making now, these are benefits that last for a lifetime, are helping you build for a successful future spiritually, mentally, emotionally, socially, and physically. So obeying obeying your parents now can help you reap lifelong benefits. I mean, it really could be. And I think one of the reasons why kids that grow up in Christian households ends up coming to Christ at an early age Is because they have been trained to obey and honor their parents and that sense of humility that you are training yourself sets you up to be able to humbly receive the Lord as your Lord and Savior and so it's not only lifelong benefits for this life but also for the next so in conclusion and this is where we're landing the plane whether you are in obeying or honoring phase so whether or not you're in which one of those phases the benefits can last a lifetime for you and your parents It may be that this very thing, the obedience that you kids have in your household and parents and adults that you have with your parents who you are no longer under the authority, that when you obey and when you honor, it may be the very thing that brings healing and peace to your family. It may be the very thing that brings healing and peace to your own heart. It may be what puts you on the road to success. And it may actually... Just this obeying the simple command may be what brings your brothers and sisters and even your parents ultimately to the Lord. You never know what God may do when we simply follow him. So let me pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word, and thank you that it is so strategic to encourage us and to help us to know you in a very deeper way And, Lord, as we think about all the commands and scriptures, and sometimes it's really clear why we need to obey them, and sometimes it's not clear, I pray that ultimately we would just trust you and trust you that you know what's good for us. And, Lord, I pray that in the obedience that we would obey you, and then out of that we would worship you, and out of that that in our lives you would get the glory at all all times and in all ways. pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the King's Cross Church Podcast. We hope that you were encouraged by the Word of God today. Take a moment to click the subscribe button on your screen, and you won't have to come searching for us next time. Until then, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all.